will come out, will come to play. Just for recreation's sake to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to the Stern Look. I'm Ben, also known as Kangaroos Forever on Big Footy. First up, we have Sean Atley's only true fan, Quiverer. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Quiverer. Next up, we have... Welcome, Nate Seven. Good evening and thanks for having me back yet again. <laughs> Anytime, mate. Following Nate, we have the head of the Fremantle Cheer Squad. Welcome, GN80. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that Why do you do this to me? <laughs> oh, you can go back to being a drug, Harley Bennell's drug dealer if you'd like. Yeah, and the week, be- the time before, I was Ben Cousins' drug dealer. <laughs> oh, you diversified <laughs> your portfolio. Anyway, <laughs> also tonight, I'm proud to bring you the better of the two Dangerfields, Rodney Dangerfield. Welcome. How are you, boys? Pleasure to be on. Thanks for asking me as the uh, eighth emergency. Yeah. <laughs> Good to have you on, mate. Right now, we'll move straight into the issues of the week. So the only major issue this week is basically Mark Robinson and him spilling his lunch ration of beer on his keyboard. Seriously, though, those living under a rock or in Geelong, Mark Robinson has been called into question over basically an insensitive tweet about Collingwood's Alex Fasolo, who's dealing with depression at the moment. This was basically because he was pictured with the Magpies at training on Thursday, which prompted a tweet from Robertson saying, good drugs, clinical depression on Tuesday, training Thursday. And he was forced to delete the post and he had to apologise. Nate, what's your take on the situation? Um, It's a a whole lot more than just an insensitive tweet. I think it's absolutely disgusting. I think the um, outpouring of emotion on all sorts of uh, online forum has been pretty much a matter of fact of what the greater public think of Mark Robinson, that is, he's an absolute buffoon, an absolute fool, and I'm not going to go into the terms of which people called him, and I absolutely agree with them, um, but we don't need to say them. Um, the, the issue surrounding um, Alex Fasolo, I think it's been there a little bit longer than has been public, and um, I, I think if you're going to miss training and games and all sorts of things, at, at some point players... So, um, and those surrounding the club are going to question why is a player missing. So, of course, they had to come out and make a statement. So that's very good of them. Um, but also, it's also very good that Pasolo came out and said that he's seeking treatment or help uh, externally. He needed some time away from the game. But to cop the crap that he did from Mark Robinson is absolute BS. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's still the so-called chief football writer for the Herald Sun for the rest of the year and... He still remains on the programs, unfortunately, and that's just the way that some of these weak uh, media types run. I don't agree with it, but, um, yeah, they seem to... As someone said, actually, today, that the Herald Sun seemed to think that the greater football public are simpletons and haven't got a clue, and that's probably why they'd put Mark Robinson in the position of chief football writer, because he is an absolute moron. And I... I, I couldn't think of actually a nicer word to use. You know, we're trying to sort of clean up the podcast in terms of my language and everyone else's language. And I just, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of put my foot in it and stoop to his levels, but yeah, it was, it was absolutely disgusting. 
And without sort of going further into it, I wouldn't mind hearing some of the other guys' views on it because, um, yeah, it, it was foul. It was absolutely foul. Great. Fellas? Uh, well, um, Nate pretty much said it all. I think um, <clears throat> as I'll disclose something here, I, I've had my problems with depression in the past and I still struggle with it on occasions in the present. And um, it's not something to, to take that lightly. And I suppose that's the real issue. Like... Um, the football media, watching all the telecasts, listening to all the shows, is all about levity and blokiness, all that sort of stuff. And there's a time where it's appropriate. This time it wasn't appropriate. The one thing I will say is at least he had the goal to – well, at least he had the courage to apologise because – a lot of people have said some pretty stupid things over over the last few seasons and they haven't done so. So I think um, he I'd like to think that he was just took a joke too far. However, it's a rubbish comment and really needs to be highlighted as such. Now, Greg, it's funny you mentioned that because you uh, you touched on a few things, and I actually mentioned this to you in the um, our little chat that we had this afternoon, or actually this morning, your time, because you're a few hours behind, um, that it was very good, and I, I'm reluctant to, to say this, but it was good that he actually came out on the front foot and gave a, an albeit a, a bit of a flaccid apology, but um, it, it wasn't enough. And a, a little bit weirder that someone else from the Herald Sun allegedly contacted the Collingwood Football Club on on Robbo's behalf to apologise, which I thought was really strange. Um, as Greg would, has said, I mean, he's had his issues. I've had my issues with anxiety in the past, which I've gone beyond. But And that's where it struck a chord with me, and I thought, well, at least in Fasolo's case that the person apologised, whereas in other cases they haven't. Um, and they all know who they are, but... Um, I think that uh, Robbo's got a lot further to go before he actually starts to win people back. He's got a, a massive road ahead. Uh, and But the thing is, we can't forget, this is actually more about Alex Fasolo and his issue and him dealing with it and how he recovers and also um, his case management surrounding that and all the support that he gets. And no doubt, being at Collingwood, there's going to be a lot of people who just... who. Um, who specialise in that and all the contacts that go with that. So he's probably he's probably no better place for him to be than at one of the biggest clubs in the land. So uh, I suppose I wish him all the best and hopefully he's back on the football field soon and training very well, hopefully. Yeah. Anything to add before we move on, Foles? I just think it, uh, it proves how little um, a few people still know about the... Uh, what, what depression is and how it actually works and affects people. It's not something that's there all the time. It can come and go, um, and there's different ways to deal with it. And if Faz deals with it by going to training but not playing, that's that's him. Somebody might not be able to do it. It's just Robbo being Robbo and not understanding uh, anything outside of his own little world of smokes and alcohol. <laughs> you know, he smoked. There you go. <laughs> Anything to add, Rodney, before we move on? Well, 
Ali, when I initially said it, I thought maybe he'd been taken out of context when he said good drugs. I thought he might have been taken, talking about himself and what he'd been taken. But, <laughs> he's, uh, but just to add to what Nate said before, I'm not so sure because I did think I hear uh, one of the heads of the Herald Sun distance themselves from Robbo's comments. So I reckon he might be in a bit of strife tomorrow and he might be unemployed. Mm, jeez. <clears throat> that will probably be warranted in this case. After all Just his... a quick question for you guys. Sorry, Ben. Um, yeah, right, someone mentioned today that AFL 360, oh, I can't wait for it to be on. And then this is obviously North Melbourne Big Footy board related. Sorry, um, Rodney. That um, someone then clarified that AFL 360 is not on tonight. Is that normal that no. it's not on tonight? That's because there's a game on. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't know if it was just purely coincidental <clears throat> during because of what on, happened. Or... He was on SCN on the radio tonight, and he was uh, pretty sombre, as he would be, but he's, the damage is done, and it doesn't matter how much he apologises now. He, I mean, like someone said before, he's probably sitting there having a few stubbies and thought it was funny at the time, but once you press send these days in the social media, that, that's it. It's done. Exactly that's right. right. Thanks for that, guys. We'll move straight on to thumbs up, thumbs down. So... My first thumbs up is Lockie Hansen being a successful swingman this season. I've quite enjoyed him playing up forward and back. And my second Swinger. Po- Swinger. And my second <laughs> thumbs up is the continued good form of Marty Williams and Taylor Garner. Both make us a much better side. And my first thumbs down, obviously, is the Mark Robinson situation. And my second thumbs down is basically the second and third quarters from last week were just not up to standard. So, Rodney Dangerfield, what were your positives and negatives from the weekend? From the Tigers' point of view? Yeah, mate, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, thumbs up, I thought, was Brandon Ellis for the first time in a long time playing the way he played probably two seasons ago and was instrumental in our win against the Bombers. So I hope that keeps up. Oh, he was like a man possessed last week because he's been really struggling. And that was a big thumbs up. And the other thumbs up would be the, the form of our skipper, the much maligned Trent Cotchin when it comes to North Melbourne supporters. But he's, <laughs> Richmond supporters would agree that he is in career best form. I don't care what anyone says. You can take a, the year that where he won the Brownlow belatedly. He's playing a lot better than that now. And his leadership has been sensational this year. That's a massive thumbs up. Yep. Thumbs down is our kicking. Like, I could have swore Jack Rewalt and Josh Caddy had backed Essendon last week. They were missing goals from 10 metres out. And that's been happening for two or three weeks. And I think if that happens this week, uh, there's no chance we'll win. Because I think, just as an aside, I think this week's game will be an absolute cracker. Like, these are two pretty good sides, I reckon. We kick like that, we're gone. And another thumbs down would be Dion Prestia. He's really struggling. He, he's kicking. I don't know what's going on. If there's an issue with the knee or what it is, but his kicking is subpar. It's, it's just not up to AFL level, and uh, it's a real issue. I don't recall him being like that at Gold Coast. I don't know about you guys, but mm. uh, his kicking is woeful. That surprises me considering how much you guys paid for him. Maybe a little bit over the top, but I thought that was probably a pretty good value when you picked him up originally. Yeah, well, a lot of people said that. A lot of people argued against it as well, but I can't imagine this would be the norm. But all year he's been kicking like this, and it's 
It's not even like it's not just missing targets. It's embarrassing. It's like dribbling along the ground. So I think there might be an issue there with his knee. Mm, might be injury related. GN80, your thumbs up and down? Um, my thumbs up. Uh, it's two from the same thing. Um, I go on an, on this podcast a lot about the quality of the media. And I just um, have had a quick look at a ESPN article highlighting, like in a in a true analytical way, team strengths and weaknesses, or you know key points about a particular side. And it's just making for some very good reading. Um, dovetailing into my second second thumbs up, um, there's for for North. Uh, this ESPN article has focused on the fact that our possessions are shared around by more players in our team than any other. They've worked on a, on a factor where um, basically a high number of possessions to one or two players gets a higher score. And the top of that list is Carlton with 25.3 which would indicate that, say, a Doherty or a, or, or a Murphy are responsible for a large portion of their disposals, whereas North Melbourne are the lowest, so in this case the best, with 18.9, and basically saying that our high number of equal possession getters, if that makes sense, is the best in the league. And I think that's actually a really good good sign for the club in terms of being our rebuild and, and things like that because it means that we're not relying on the same names, which in the past was always a knock on us, whether it be, you know, Harvey was always in the best with Wells or, or, or whatever. It seems that our players that are having an impact are, are more common which is really good. Um, thumbs down. Um, yeah, the middle two quarters of last week, um, working very hard and playing very well to get a 40-odd point lead and then that dissolving gradually without without really any sort of sign of it slowing up was really, um, really disappointing. But at the same time, we snapped out of it. So... In, in its own way, it's a positive that we've managed to do that. So that's all I've really got. Thanks for that, Nate. Yeah, so obviously the positive is the uh, the win against Carlton, but it's, at the same time, the negative is that middle half uh, and going back, back into our shell. Against any other side, we would be comprehensively smashed um, from pillar to post. Uh, if it was any other side, it doesn't matter. I would even suggest that probably Brisbane would beat us uh, if we play like that. At any ground anywhere in the world, that was uh, it was pretty bad actually. At sorry, at times, and I don't know what was worse, either that game or the win against Gold Coast, which was at the Gold Coast where it felt like a loss yeah. um, some rounds back. So I was, I just wanted to put that into the uh, into the forget zone. I just I didn't want to uh, go too far into it. Uh, a bit of a Another one is actually Ben Jacobs is returning to the injury list, which is unrelated to his original injury prior to coming back from long term. Uh, it is still a lower leg, but um, 
we're being led to believe that's unrelated. Um, take that what you will. Uh, and another one is another positive is actually coming. To, this is probably a little bit vague, more AFL related. Is North Melbourne coming into a period where we're playing against our bunnies, Melbourne, Carlton, Richmond, and at some point, I think St Kilda very soon. So this is probably another positive to look forward to. And I'm probably getting ahead of myself. And I'll probably it, be mate. reminded about. <laughs> yep, I will be reminded about this, and I'll be chased out of town. I. I I reckon if something goes wrong. Yeah, but you'll just come um, straight back, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got another alias. I've I've got one locked and loaded. Don't you worry. I've got one ready to go. So definitely not quiv. All right. So, Quivera, your positives (laughs) and negatives. All right, my positive. uh, It's Richmond week, guys. One of my favourite weeks on the footy calendar. Absolutely love it. Um, Just excited and it always gets me off so they they mock me and say it's we treat this like it's my grand final fucking oath it is i love beating <laughs> richmond the only thing better than seeing north win is watching richmond lose so i'm, I'm excited and then my other thumbs up thursday night footy for a month and a bit i absolutely love it the more footy the better um which leads me into a th- uh, thumbs down which is bye weeks i know we need them but shit less footy is not good so um, the quicker these three weeks go past, the better. Um, another big thumbs down. Just flogs of the footy sitting here last week, and you're hearing them chat away, trying to get a reaction all game, all game, and eventually they just start really digging you, and they turn around and say stuff like, you deserve your, your teeth kicked in and stuff like that. Just <laughs> fuck me, guys. got to pull your heads in. Seriously, it's ridiculous. Well, stop throwing stuff at them, then. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty calm. <laughs> I can vouch no, for that. <laughs> these guys, um, and it wasn't even directed at me, but it was people I was sitting with and from both sides. Did you, and the, did you consider yeah. the Eddie had Dobbin line via SMS yeah. at all? No, 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 of course not. I uh, considered well, the standing up and saying, come on, mate, take the shot then. <laughs> that's, that's what I did. <laughs> and get the missus to film it for us. <laughs> Uh, he, he, he sat back down. Shit. He sat back down. It's all right. So nothing happened, but shit, it was it was closed because he just they're just mouthing off all game, and eventually you break. Fair enough. Right. Anyways, let's move on. Richmond <laughs> week, guys. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, club discussion is really is almost nothing in terms of club discussion. So if anyone wants to bring anything up now, we'll, otherwise we'll just move on. Can we bring up our um? Our offer, or apparent offer, to a Port Adelaide player. Oh, oh you'd like. <laughs> Apparently, North has tabled an offer for young Pittard for three million over five years. This is according to Adelaide News or whatever they call it, the newspaper. And yeah, it looks like that might be happening. Guys, do we really want Pittard? No. <laughs> I'll sign someone. G80. What? Why do I have to answer this question? Because you're the only one that didn't interrupt for each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, not for that money over that period. No. That's all I've got. I, 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 you're giving the captaincy. You're giving the captaincy. <laughs> That's what they're saying. They're saying the Pittard Captain North next year. Oh, now, they're, now they're just trolling. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> Is this coming from the advertiser? 
by any chance? I think it's Channel 9 in Adelaide, isn't it? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, it was 9, nine News Adelaide. Uh, actually, wow. I want to no, add, add um, one point to my thumbs down. And it's not really a thumbs down. It's more of a I'm really concerned about a few people on Big Footy. Um, <laughs> and good? I think that this will this will possibly add to my con- my concerns is the uh, Josh Kelly thread <laughs> regarding his uh, oh god that went to meltdown the night. There is a lot of jumping in shadows there, and if um, this news does get any traction, I could see a board wide meltdown and. It's not going to be pretty, guys. It will not be pretty. Yeah, so after the other night's exploits, I think we'll be right. (laughs) (laughs) For those unfamiliar with the Josh Kelly thread, apparently someone said he was having a press conference the next day, but it was just his turn for the weekly conference. But everyone thought it was him (laughs) announcing him. He was re-signing with GWS. But the board just (laughs) went into meltdown over that. Until St Kilda posted, goes, guys, it's just a weekly conference. <laughs> oh, jeez, that was pretty funny. <laughs> right, uh, if that's it, no to Pittard, we'll move straight on to the VFL, which is proudly brought to you by the Ligon Street Waste Disposal Company in Carlton and Nate Seven. Oh, great. Um, nice to be uh, sponsored and affiliated with them, whoever they are. Um, there was no real VFL apart from um, that uh, state game, which was a bit ordinary out at Port Melbourne. Um, this week, VFL play, sorry, Werribee play, Richmond down at Beaconsfield, which is on the Beaconsfield Emerald Road in the very far southeast corner of Melbourne, for those who know the area. Um, sort of your Packenham Cranbourne type. Well, if you can be bothered going all the way out there, and I know some of our posters live out that way. Uh, it's really 6v9, so Werribee 6 and Richmond 9 in a 14-team comp. Um, not much else to say, and that's on Saturday afternoon, so if you can be bothered, head down there. Um, otherwise, yeah, watch the real game. Uh, that's it for me, really. It'll be interesting. This is the kind of game... Oh, sorry. No, you're sorry, right, mate. You can, mate. This Go is ahead. the kind of game where I reckon that this is a perfect type of game for a, for a curtain raiser, because... It doesn't always work out that both teams are playing in the VFL and the AFL at the same time. So uh, this, I, I think they've missed a trick here, because, but that's my point of view. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting if they reintroduce that concept of a curtain raiser, especially with the growth of an eventual expansion of the women's game, if they ever get around to it. But they should start looking at concepts like that. Well, the, um... oh, yeah, on that, there are some games this year where uh, Werribee will be, Werribee with North Melbourne VFL aligned, uh, will be playing a curtain raiser this year at Etihad, I think, twice. Collingwood um, Bulldogs games. Yeah, I was about to say the Bulldogs is one. I didn't know that Collingwood was the other one. Um, I looked at that earlier in the week, and I know of teams this year and last year have done the same thing with their standalone and with their VFL aligned um, club sides. It's only a matter of time before we go the full 180 or whatever back to the early 1990s where you're going to be having the VFL curtain raises to your own club. I don't think that's actually too far off from what Greg's saying. Um, and that's why we need the tunnel. That's why <laughs> we need the tunnel from... The Kerry Tunnel. 
Yes, but we're not not the tunnel nightclub, but the tunnel transport tunnel that people can walk through. We're talking about not even a transport; just you can just walk under a tunnel from Arden Street, North Melbourne Training Oval, through to Etihad because we don't want to play at the MCG according to Quivera, and we'd rather be at uh, Etihad in the under the friendly dome, under the friendly roof, sorry, and that would be a good two-kilometre walk or small roll or. Whatever. <laughs> actually, no. In a, in a Woolworths trolley, if you, we get enough, actually. I get a zipline. A zipline. Well, we, you could use the underground. You could use the railway as a zipline, but <laughs> I'm not, I don't condone that. No, you could do that. Don't ever knock the club. Yeah. <laughs> Those are days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Right, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> right, if that's all for the VFL, thanks, Nate. Yeah, move on. Move on, happily. <laughs> yes, move on. We'll move straight on to the interview, our first of the year. So, Rodney, how have you seen Richmond's season thus far? Well, I think it's actually been pretty good, to be honest. Um, before the season, if I'm being honest. And I think it'd be documented on our board. I reckon I picked us to win six or seven games for the year. So to fall in, which is pretty much what we did for the first five weeks, um, you know, that got us off to a really good start. And then the way we've lost, I mean, Adelaide pants us. But, uh, you know, we've been pretty, well, I wouldn't say unlucky, but stupid the way we've lost those games. And ridiculously, we could be sitting on top of the ladder. So... You can't really complain about the way we're playing. And I thought last week was our most complete performance. It was our best best game of the year last week. We just couldn't put them away. And uh, I think this, this week is our biggest game of the year. I reckon they're two sides that are pretty underrated. Um, they're, they're a lot better than what a lot of people give them credit for. And I think it's such an open season this year that Seriously, there are 12, 14 live chances, and I reckon this game is so big that uh, the winner could, if, if Richmond win, obviously, top four. Uh, North win, I'd say that with that knowledge, he's into the eight, pretty much, but um, I reckon we're going pretty well, and uh, a lot better. I think, I'm hoping, North will be facing a Richmond that are a lot more complete than they have in the last few years when, um, obviously, you've beaten us, what, how long? God knows, but yeah, I think I think we're in pretty good shape. Mm. Well, taking inside that tanked game, I think it was a good four, five years, six I years. I think even. out of the last twenty-five, Richmond have won eight, and there's a draw. Yeah, I don't really count that tank game though, and we we nearly couldn't win that. It took <laughs> you a bit, yeah. We nearly, we nearly <laughs> lost that. There's yeah, that... something about North Melbourne, and we discussed it earlier. We're so similar in many ways, like can lose from anywhere, win from anywhere. Just, uh, But I think this week's got the makings of being an absolute classic. I hope it is. I don't want to have a heart attack because the last four weeks have just about killed me. <laughs> it might, yeah. yeah I, me too. I think it'll be a cracker. Yeah. Well, both sides play a similar, or somewhat similar. Richmond play a lot more direct football. North like, use the corridor a lot and use direct football as well, so... Oh. 
Should be a very interesting game. We'll get into that with the preview. So next question, are you happy with Richmond's overall recruitment and trading and drafting from last year? No, not entirely. Uh, I've touched on Prest here before. I wasn't a real big fan of uh, the, the, tr- the pick we gave up for him. I think it was pick seven. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I thought that might have been a little bit overs. I just thought he was a little bit um, good player, but sort of a diamond dozen type player. And then uh, this year, he's, his kicking's been just woeful. It really has. I, I can't... I, Every Richmond supporter would agree with me, but there has to be an underlying issue. I've been pretty happy with Josh Caddy. Um, I think with Josh Caddy, what you see is what you get. If, if people were expecting a midfield beast star wrong, that's never what he's been. He's sort of like a poor man's Dustin Martin. Goes forward, very, very good one-on-one. That's been great, but the big one's been Toby Nankervis. He's been unbelievable. And I, that might get back to you guys. I wouldn't mind asking you fellas. Uh, with Goldstein and Pruce, you know, what would, what would your preferred option be there? Because it's sort of like a wicketkeeper in cricket. You can only have one. And I just reckon Goldstein's been a gun. But which way do you go? Because I reckon Sydney would be regretting giving, getting rid of Nan Curvis. And uh, I reckon North are going to pull the wrong rein if they get rid of Pruce because that's the way I'd be going. As good as uh, Goldstein's been, I reckon you have to go with the younger guy, but and he's been enormous for us. Hopefully, you'll see this weekend, and he he beats Goldstein. Well, if Goldstein plays like he did last week, he's going to flog us. Sean Grigg would beat us. <laughs> so, um... I think the biggest the biggest problem I see is that from what I've seen of Nan Curvis, he's a very physical ruckman, and I think my biggest criticism of Goldstein's been that he's not that overly aggressive type. He's more of a athletic run around the ground kind of ruckman. And in the past, he's basically rucked all day and racked up touches. But I did have a look at his heat map um, from last week's game. And it looks like his running ability is on the decline because it was almost, um, it was almost restricted to the two fifties. That, that space in between the 250s, when in the past he's been running forward, back, and contributing both ways. Um, and I am concerned about Nankervis's physicality, and that is something where Braden Bruce is a um, is a big, you know, it would be a big, big asset to us because I think between the two of them, they are the complete ruckman, but. Um, there's obviously limitations for both. Um, but one thing, getting back to Goldstein, is that I don't think that he can be the number one Ruckman solely on his own anymore. That's exact, well, That's what this season's starting to show. I hope it's not the case. I hope there's just some underlying issue that needs to get sorted out before he can get back to what he was. But um, we really need to see... If he's to be the number one Ruckman in isolation, well, he needs to get back to that sooner rather than later, in my opinion. He's just on those Richmond trades. I'm watching the tally now. We're really missing Vickery. (laughs) 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 I forgot about him. That's a big loss. 
The great unifier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. God. Well, he seemed to, for a little while that he might solve that second key position forward for you, but you guys are doing well without one this season, so. Oh, just we're just hanging in. That that that's a that could be a big thing this week. I mean, you got the preview coming up, so we'll talk about it then. But I reckon that's where you've got our edge. Well, it could go either way, either too tall or you're too short. We'll see how we go. It usually doesn't end well for us <laughs> when we go too tall. But anyway, we'll see what happens. So next question, who has improved for Richmond this year and why? Just any names. Well, yeah, well, I think Daniel Rioli is a star. I think he's a great... He's not a big possession winner, but he's a little bit like uh, Cyril, I suppose, in that regard. He's a Rioli. Yeah, but he's just, his pressure is just unbelievable. And uh, you throw Dan Butler in there with him, and he's only started this year, but I think he's a ripper. But I think the most underrated player at Richmond is Camden McIntosh. He's incredibly important to our side. A lot of people wouldn't even know who he is. But uh, he's super important. Ripper one-on-one, hard at it. He'll be important this week. And a guy like Dave Asprey. And he's he will be really important because I'm a bit worried about that. Jared Waite, he's made a mockery of us in the past, and Ben Brown's been in great form. So I'm hoping Asprey has a really good game. You sort of rely on Rancy, but he doesn't really take he doesn't take a player if you know what I mean. He sort of sets up intercept marks, but I think Asprey he'd be. One of the most important. Him and Sean Grigg. Sean Grigg is nearly 30 years old, but he's had a ripping year. Mm, okay. Has anyone declined that Richmond this year that you've noted? Um, who's declined? Uh, no one really of note that, that I can think of. Um, they've been pretty even. I think that's why we've had not, not such a bad year. Like, you know, there's guys like Anthony Miles that are struggling to get into the side, but that's you can't do a lot when you're not in the team. So he's declined in the coach's eyes. So is Sam Lloyd. But uh, on field, nah, I don't think so. I think they've been pretty even. Been one of the more enjoyable seasons that I can remember because we've just been very even across the park and I've enjoyed watching us. Fair enough. Righto, we'll move on to the board's questions now. So, Rodney, the first one's a bit of a joke question. Will the Richmond supporters boo Dusty next year? <laughs> well, I think they will. Because they're going to be playing for Essendon. And that's, <laughs> no, that's not me. Really? I've got some... Yeah, I've, I've sort of got a little bit of mail at the start of the year of someone that would know. And that was before the season even started. And... Uh, that what they're going to offer him is ridiculous. And it might not all be above board, but it's going to be hard to knock back. Well, I, just, I don't see him leaving, personally. Well, I hope not. But, yeah. I'm I mean, not, I'm going to pretend he is, but I don't see it happening. Hmm. I don't think he'll come to North either, simply because I've seen all these other offers. I think we're after guys like Pittard or Zach Jones instead of Dusty, because I don't think we can... You guys can easily match it. You've got pretty good cap space, so I don't think that'll be a major yeah, issue. Yeah, that's right. But you can't offer what Essendon are offering under the table, I don't think. But Especially if we want Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly's You'd rather take Kelly away. He's younger. And he suits our needs. Like As good as Dusty is, Kelly's more suited to what we need. 
Yeah, I agree. So it should be interesting. You'll get decent compensation. You'll be easily first, early first rounder, which will be good if you got that. But ideally, you want to keep him. Well, he's a gun. I mean, he's unbelievable, really. But you can't replace him. But you just got to hope to get what you can. If he does go, hopefully he stays. Yeah, as long as you don't have Terry Wallace. If he does go and you get Terry Wallace with your draft pick, <laughs> you go run and hide. Oh, God. That'll, that'll be a nightmare. <laughs> I reminds... can't believe... Sorry, oh, I can't believe Terry Wallace is the list manager. That just fucking spins me out. <laughs> How's he the guru? Yeah, we picked Tambling, so that ended well. Yeah, calls himself a list manager. He's a ripper. Who else did he pick up? He picked up Tambling, and there was another one that he stuffed up with. Uh, Jared Oakley Nichols in the top yeah, ten. He was a, uh, well, he was a gun, Jared Oakley Nichols. He was just misunderstood, that's all. <laughs> misunderstood. Uh, what about uh, Jordan McMahon <laughs> for pick 19 or whatever? Yeah, no. Nah. Well, Jordy kicked the he, he kicked the goal after Sauron and it got us dusty, so we can't knock him there. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I remember that game. It was quite a good game actually. Anyway, next question for Quiv. <laughs> Does Goldie's? Well, we've already touched on this, but we'll just continue to answer it. Does Goldie's current form ensure his current or continued selection, or is he showing Brad a way to get Bruce into the team? My only problem with Goldie's form is that he's lowering his trade value for the deal that's going to get Kelly to us. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the less he's obviously injured, there's no doubt about that. I don't know. I think I think I read earlier um, that he said at the start of last year that he was carrying an injury that didn't require surgery. Well, there's clearly something wrong there because he's been shit, and last week was absolutely terrible. Cruiser just torched him all over the field. So, um, yeah, it's baffling how Proust... Proust, obviously... I think the biggest problem keeping Proust out is he can't do it alone. And I'm not a big fan of Ben Brown in the ruck, and I don't think Ben uh, Brad Scott would be a big fan of Ben Brown in the ruck, especially when he's dominating the way he is at the moment. We can't really afford to risk a player in the ruck that's already got dodgy knees. So our hands are kind of tied with having Goldstein be there. Yeah, well, we've seen Jared Waite ruck. I've even seen Lockie ruck of all people. So it's up for That's funny you say that. I was going to say, Brad Scott needs to get out there by AFL Evolution because I'm playing with Lockie Hanson in the ruck 90% of the time because the game subs gold, takes gold scene off. So And it works. So if we need to, <laughs> so be it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Righto, we'll move on to the... That's all the questions. There were not that many, so guys, hurry up and ask some more questions for next week. Move on to the review now. So, before I think Nate's about to leave, so I'll just ask him how did he see the Carlton match? We might be already going. How did I see it? Um, well, it's one of. The... No, I'm still here. Oh, the audio quality is shocking. That is, that is shocking. That is shocking, the audio quality there. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. He's in slow-mo mode. So, G80, how did you see the match? Yeah, pretty much one of the uh, 
put in put the four points in the bank and let's not speak of it again. Um, really good first quarter. Um, there were some positives in the last, but the middle was, oh my god, um, it was like we were talking in the pre-show. It was almost like, yep, this is happening. It's happening again. Uh, it's terrible. But um, one one thing out of the last quarter I, I really liked was there was a couple of plays from Nathan Hrovat where he would just had that little bit extra presence of mind, didn't go at a bullet a gate. He, uh, you know, faked out a couple of the players, got the handball out. I just thought that game sense was really, really good and worth noting. Um, but, yes, I think it's one of those games where you just have the big sigh of relief after the match and and just go on to next week. Fair enough. Anything to add, Quiv? No, I agree. Um, one to just forget about. Got the points um, barely in ugly fashion. I mean, we had a really good first quarter. Decent last quarter, but um, you don't win games against the good sides by only playing half a game. Well, we only played a quarter and a half, really, to be honest. Yeah. 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 It wasn't the greatest. No. How did you see Sean Atley's game? That you copped a bit of criticism for that. <laughs> yeah, I got a bit frustrated this week in that thread. Um, look, he's he's shit. There's no doubt about it. He's, he's absolutely... He's, he's, um, I'm well and truly off him, but I'm going to defend him still. I've, I've bought enough of his damn jumpers. I kind of own him now, so I have to. Um, so is this the official jumping off? No, nah, look, I've been jumping off of him for a while. He's, he's still my favourite player, just because I, I, I've been there since day one. So until he retires, he'll be my favourite. But... um. Look, he, he won us the game, I guess, in a way, in the end. Um, he also was quite handy in giving the lead away as well, so it's, it's kind of how you want to look at it. Um, the good thing is he didn't drop and he just kept trying. Um, he just, I don't know, he just needs to start taking that first option. He's becoming almost Stevie J-like. He's trying to do something special when he doesn't need to. He just take the first option, get the handball off, get the quick kick off, whatever. Don't. Don't try to do your, you know, he's, a lot of times his um, ambition far outweighs his ability, and that's his big problem. Mm. Yeah, it's, it wasn't a pretty game, and yes, Sean Atley did contribute to a number of their goals, which wasn't great. It was interesting to see Lockie up forward and be a bit of a presence, which was nice, but I don't think that's a good long-term option to have that many up forward in terms of tools, but in the middle of get- um, games... Uh, that was just a weird game. I've never seen anything like it before. Um, I was sitting on level two, which I, I really do, and um, Carlton had a two-man forward line. I think that threw everyone out. Nobody had a clue what to do. Um, they flooded our back line, and there was nothing there and forward for them. It just, you know, there was times our wings were... We had two people on the wing and not, not a single player on them. It was just a really bizarre game in general. Yeah, we don't cope well with flooding too well. It comes to be a bit scrappy when we do that. Because we don't have the foot well, skills to bypass it. That's alright. That's what brought him back into the game. Now, as soon as uh, Bolton threw everyone down back, uh, that's when it turned to shit. 
Mm. Anyway, we'll move. Oh, sorry, Nate's just dropped out because his auto quality is a bit crap, so I apologise about that. So we'll move into the previews, the ins and outs and whatnot. So for North, basically, there are we're going in unchanged, and for Richmond, they're going in a bit shorter with Dan Butler coming in for Todd Elton, who's struggled a little bit for a bit of form. The emergencies, Bruce, Josh Williams comes on to the emergencies, which is good. And Andrew Swallow is the last emergency for North. And for Richmond, Hunt, Miles and Elton are the emergencies. Basically, matchups, Quiv, how do you see them? Uh, just a run-of-the-mill standard matchups. Um, I don't really think we should bother tagging anybody this week. Uh, I don't think there's really a point in tagging somebody like Dustin Martin. He's just going to come out and he'll just move forward if he has to. Um, it's not somebody I think you can really tag. You expect Rance to, to uh, mainly stay on Brown, but Rance floats around. He, he's not afraid to run up his own player and just get the spoil and kill the ball over the boundary line. Um, uh, again, I think our biggest issue is probably the, the small forwards, uh, especially if they're bringing... Dan Butler in, who's not a bad little player for his first year, uh, knows how to find it, He's, and he can kick a few. Um, hopefully Marley Williams and Ed Vickers-Willis in particular looked a bit sluggish last week, so I'm not sure if he's injured or just tired, but uh, we're going to need them to be up and about and stopping their run. Uh, Nick Hervis, who's been... Really, really good this year, as mentioned earlier. Uh, if Goldstein's as he was last week, it's going to be an absolute bathing, bathing. Um, so I'd expect, uh, I'm hoping Goldstein gets up because his best is better than their curvis, but uh, form, form just says it's going to be an absolute uh, walkover for Toby. Um, Trent Cotchen, if he rocks up, is another one to look out for. He's actually had a pretty good year, and I'm surprised he wasn't mentioning one of the big improvers from Rodney earlier. I think he just, uh, you know, he's, admittedly they've lost a few close games, but I think his leadership's been pretty good. He's a, he seems to be a completely different person out there on the field as he has been in previous years. Mm. And uh, Daniel Rioli is another one that we just need to stop. He's... I think he's better than Cyril. He's, uh, he gets the ball on the wing, he runs, he can find the goals, he's he's classy, he's, he's exactly what you want in a small forward. I think it's it's going to be a really good game. I'm excited for it. Yep. Well, it should be interesting, especially the forward matchups, because we've obviously gone in a bit tall. So, character rebuild, as you said, Thompson, probably to Lloyd. But, Really, who does Hanson go to? Hanson's too slow to go on anyone else, unless it's a resting Ruckman. Yeah, I think, uh, not necessarily a loose man, but he's going to try and float across the half-back line and just take the intercept marks. It's, it's what, what he does forward. best. And... Uh, well, it depends on, you know, Wait had a... He started off with a nice goal and then disappeared, so it depends on if Wait rocks up, depends on how they go on Brown. Um you know, if Wood, how Wood plays, you know, it depends on those three, how, where, uh, where Lockie plays, I think. So you don't think maybe a Josh Williams could come in for someone like a Vickers Wills or a Hanson? 
I'm not even going to lie. I have no idea who Josh Williams is. Oh, he's <laughs> he's our young Indigenous Gold Coast Academy boy who picked up last year. Yep. Yeah, I have no idea about him at all. He's basically he, he very well. We picked him up with the pick that we got for Daniel Wells. Uh, well, he could very well become my favourite player if he plays on this weekend for a while. No, <laughs> he's I, he's I really basically a know. very fast half-back that can play on smalls. Uh, so maybe it's a little warning to Sean Atley to say, if you have another bad one, uh, we got you covered, mate. Who knows? All right, All right so Williams, he'll, I think he'll go to Rioli and Mullet to Butler. You would agree with yep. that? Yep, yep I would agree. McMillan, probably to Edwards. Who goes to Martin's a good question when Martin's up forward. Because I don't see an obvious matchup. Maybe if we roll Thompson onto him at times and put Hanson onto Lloyd. I think, yeah, Thompson will yeah. play loosely on Martin when he's there. He'll just try. He's not going to try and beat him one-on-one, but he'll try and drift across and get the score or something like out that. Of, yeah. Sort of yeah. Just going to hope he doesn't do anything stupid and give away free kicks. Yeah, well, Thompson's had a few good weeks as well, so we'll see how we go. Up forward, yeah, I can't add much more to that. We, Turner probably needs to do a job on Ellis to shut down that run off half-back. Same if her was on Huey. That could possibly be Garner, though. I'll probably see McIntosh probably more on Garner, but we'll see how we go. So both boys need to do a defensive job. Hoverat needs to get busy, and the forward matchups are going to be interesting. Grimes probably to Wood. Would that be a fair assessment, Rodney? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. It sounds like a good matchup. Yeah, because he, he's quite quick and he's, had, he's hasn't had a bad year, Grimes. He's quite he's been one of your better players over the last couple of years. Very good player. So, oh, and I really rate Wood too. Good player. Mm, it's going to be interesting because you also got Shea Bolton. He's, he, I really wanted him at North. He, he's he's going to be a good player. Jaden Short, having a Sold enough year. Menager's been sold. Caddy's had an interesting year, let's just say that. So you guys have got plenty of forward options to roll through to in terms of small forwards, and that's what we're a bit worried about. So especially with a direct style of football, if you guys catch us on the counter in the corridor, we can get scored against quite heavily if we're not careful. Mm. So it's going to be interesting. So how do you see the style of game, guys? I think it's going to be quick. I, I, I think it's going to be almost end-to-end sort of stuff. And yeah. to that end, I think that um, my only concern with our squad is that we've, we're one tall back too many. Um, I think particularly, I mean, keep in mind, obviously, the play, the teams aren't going to run out as named in as much as in the positions that they've been put on this list. But... Um, I can see there's a lot of players on both sides that can that can run like I mean obviously I'm thinking uh, Clark Atley, um, McMillan for us and then you've got your your McIntosh Ellis um, Grig who are all pretty mobile pretty quick running types um, on a on a fast deck as um, the dome always is, I think this is going to be very, very end-to-end. It might not necessarily be high scoring, but the ball is going to bounce backwards and forwards very quickly. Yeah, I think this game is going to be who can kick the straightest uh, will yeah. win this game. Yeah. Inside 50 efficiency is the key this yeah. week. Which is what typically North's pretty good at in terms because well, Richmond hasn't been bad at this year because we just both we go direct 
straight yeah. football. We don't tend to flood it. We don't have use forwards. We just play conventional direct football. Rodney, how do you see the match turning out? Yeah, I'd agree with the quick game. Uh, I think the selection table tells you that without them going out, you only have to look at Richmond's forward line. It's it's unbelievable, really. It's Rioli, Edwards, Castagna, Bolton, Butler. There's five tiny little guys that are just unbelievably quick, huge on uh, forward pressure, and North are very similar, very, very high-pressure team. Um, and then you've got your, your sort of Caddy, Martin, Lloyd types, not tall, mobile. You know, it's 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 a very unique forward setup, and Jack Rewald's going to be the tall forward. He's not tall at all. He's a he's a great player, but I can't see Richmond. The last four or five weeks have been bombing it to Todd Elton and getting the smalls to get the crumb. That's not going to happen this week. They're going to be spotting up targets. It's going to be just really fast back and forth. They've obviously got a plan in mind and. Um, that's their plan against North, and which isn't a bad one, really, because uh, guys like Robbie Tarrant, they're, they're great players. And so I don't mind the plan of lowering the eyes, going in with a smaller forward setup. I think it'll be a quick game. Fair enough. Anything to add in terms of matchups or style of game, guys? Not really. I think it's all been said. <laughs> yeah, I agree with all the points, mate. I think it'll just be... A good, fast game. I think it'll be a tight game. So we'll just move on to the carriages. Nominations for this week. We just explained to Rodney what the carriages is. So we need to go through a few nominations. So any obvious ones for you guys? Caddy. (laughs) Caddy, straight up. Yep, yep. Absolute spud, but has the ability (laughs) to turn it on. We use the term spud lightly, Rodney. We're just people that... (laughs) Average pies, but they 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 become elite pies when they verse North. <laughs> Look, he's at, he's yeah, at his no. what third club in his fifth year in the competition or something like that. How good can you be? We know all about it. Don't worry about that. We did see <laughs> a little. Uh, well, he's not a spatic gentleman, but what is he? What's Robin Nahas? But whatever he is, a long penis. Robin Nahas is a freaking nature, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he just took us apart, and, and went, if you're going to talk spud, and he, he pretty much beat us in a final, little bastard. But yeah. I honestly think the original carriage was someone like Kepler Bradley, who was maligned and struggling, however, would always kick three and dominate against us. So um, <laughs> I had picked Todd Elton uh, prior to the teams coming out, so obviously I'm going to have to make a change, but... Um, only because I've heard him being um, widely criticised by a few people, whether it's true or not. I think it'll have to be uh, can't stand you. He's, yeah. He's hot and cold. He's hot and cold. Yeah. can't stand you. He has a lot of <laughs> good he's attributes. He's kicked a few bags. Yeah, he's kicked a few bags, but he's a... I'll tell you what, he's a selfish little bugger. He's an almost <laughs> player, I think. He gets the ball yeah, and yeah. then... He just torches it. He's, we've got a lot of little little forwards, but he's one of those ones. It's not not as creative as the others, and he'll try and kick a goal when perhaps he should be passing it off, where the others have got a little bit more yeah. balance and vision. Yeah. Fair enough. For mine, Sean Grigg, the 
he's always hovered around that C to lower B average. So for mine, he's my pick. 30 disposals, two goals. <laughs> so Rodney, uh, you could probably adapt it for he's Richmond's. Richmond's perspective, any one that you'll consider at North to tear it up again? Um, what are we looking at? Well, it's hard to say because you've got a lot of young fellows that I really rate, like uh, Wood, uh, DeMont, Garner. So I wouldn't really rate any of those guys as a, what do you call them, a carriage, because I, I really reckon they can play. But um, usually it'd be Lindsay Thomas. He'd me to tears, but he's not playing. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I've got one. I'll tell you, he'll get best on ground. Marley Williams. He's been Marley very Williams. good this year. Hey, he's been very good this year. Yeah, I know, but he'll be even better this week. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm surprised you didn't mention someone like a Sam Gibson or McMillan or oh, even yeah, Thompson comes like, up now and again. Mullet. Sean, he's the bloke that's injured now. He kills us all the time. He, he ta- uh, ben Jacobs he usually tags someone and destroys him. Yeah. 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 It'll be someone nondescript, you know, like you don't really have any of those sorts of players that I can think of apart from, well, you said Marley's had a good year, but I haven't really noticed it. But um, Mad Jack Daw, he even killed us one night. But yeah, he's not. Oh, in Hobart. I remember that. Yeah, or that night when you folded, when you tanked. I think he killed us that night. Oh, that goal from the centre square. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll never forget yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> you looked like the fastest man in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, he won the grand final sprint, so he's got to be fairly quick. Yeah, he didn't oh, have very yeah, contenders. Hawthorne <laughs> just kicked a goal. What? This is oh. the third quarter. That's amazing. They've kicked it. They've actually kicked the goal. And uh, just in Clark, I look happy. <laughs> I wonder who will punch this week. <laughs> it, it is Port Adelaide, too. <laughs> we might have to give himself an uppercut after trading away Mitchell and Lewis. Oh, God. They're in <laughs> a bad state. Oh, yep. Righto, guys. We'll, oh. we'll finish up for this evening. So I'd like to thank Quiverer, Rodney Dangerfield, GN80, and Nate Seven for joining us. No worries at all, guys. Thank you. Been a pleasure. Been good. No worries. The Stern Look will be back next Thursday, so thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Off his head and you just kept trying.